To the Dirty Slides podcast. I am your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, via Zoom from Venice Beach, California, my co host, Andy Laz Lazarus. Andy, how's it going? What it is, Joe. It's good to be back. Little, uh, little, I don't know, six week layoff. <laughs> Listen, people always ask us. People asked us today, hey, what's up with the, when, how often do you guys do dirty slides? And we said in unison. Sporadic. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Listen, let's not try to be anything that we're not. You right. Know, we are, uh, we're the Noah Syndergaard of podcasts. Yeah. Sometimes we, we pitch and we're awesome. And yeah. sometimes, <laughs> you know, our elbows hurt. And sometimes we disappear for two to three months at a time. Um. We have, I feel like we've been pretty solidly quarantine buddies, but uh, I've been traveling. I've been on the road a little bit and we just reconnected today, played a little, played a little G, went mm-hmm. to the Penmar, played some G and, uh, and what's, what's been going on in Lazland otherwise. Cause I, I feel like, you know, we didn't, we didn't really catch up. How's, how's everything in Lasville? Uh, things are pretty good. You know, like I finally got started getting the, uh, the gays videos out in the last, nine weeks so they're up um weekly on the venice gays instagram so if any of you guys are not following venice gays instagram follow it for the uh weekly content every saturday new I videos love, i love the venice gays content i do I'm, I'm obsessed my favorite one i think i told you this was the already getting thrown out at home plate uh one. yeah, and, yeah. It, and it was it, it was he just he had a great line he said you know because he came in and he was like, come on, we got to have a third base coach there. And somebody hit Everybody's him. Everybody's like, two outs, Ari. Go fuck yourself. Somebody that's hit him with baseball. Somebody hit him with that's gay's baseball. And he goes, you know, we're the only team that does dumb <laughs> shit and then justifies it by just saying the name of our team. <laughs> that's gay's baseball. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I was team, I was team Ari on that one. I was like, you guys yeah. should have no, no, I mean, like, should have a third I, base coach. Yeah, no, everybody should be team Ari. Like, I think the first few like shots of Ari in the first few videos, people are like, I, I, I don't know if I like this guy. He's a little rated R. We're not sure what side he's on. You know, is oh, Ari I- for the gays is Ari for himself. We don't know, but I think you'll find out later in the season that Ari is a goddamn gem. I've hung with Ari multiple times. I've played on the in real gays. life. Yeah. I've played on the gays with Ari. I've hung with yeah. him uh, at gays games. I've hung with him outside. And I still don't know if I like Ari. So <laughs> this is a total reasonable yeah. thing as a viewer to be nine, one minute episodes in and be not sure what to think of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's a rated R guy. We don't know. Now, Laz, we got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to catch up on. Um, yeah. Our, we did, we did an opening dirty slides we did a slides uh to Wait. start the season we did a second episode of the slides which was a you know our highest reviewed episode ever uh we did tales from the minors right we'll, we'll definitely bring back that soon but we have a lot of stuff to cover right now we even have some sort of breaking uh baseball drama that i think we need to start out with 
which sure. is um, there. There's now a sort of blossoming story about pitchers and the use of foreign substances uh, while pitching to improve their tackiness, their spin rate, their whatever. And there's, you know, there's multiple levels to this already. Um, the, the, I believe there was going to be like a sports illustrated story, or there was like a preview of a sports illustrated cover of like a baseball dripping with maple syrup. I don't know if that was like a, uh, you know, like a fan made thing or if that's like happening. Because yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's been uh, dripping with maple syrup. That seems like fan art to me, Yeah, but you know, it has, you know, I have heard reports um, of boiled Coca-Cola right. that turns into some, you know, tacky substance. Um, and, the, you know, now that it feels like, you know, you know, Gaylord Perry did this shit, you know, the guy in major league rubbed jalapeno in his nose, um, Vaseline balls. And like, this has been going on for a long time, but these spin rates and, and athletes now are so, dominant and out of control that it's i think it's combined with the hitting's philosophy and the shift and the spin rates we're getting mad no hitters we're getting uh you know also you know buster posey's had a great season but i looked up his batting average he's in 230 with 12 bombs right doesn't sound like buster posey so it's a little bit out of character so we talked about this on dirty sports earlier in the week before it's kind of it's blown up with the Garrett Cole interview, which we'll talk about. It's blown up with now today's Pete Alonzo's remarks, mm-hmm. um, which is are very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But first things first, um, I had a buddy reach out to me and we talked about this on Dirty Sports, a guy who played minor league baseball for four seasons. And he's like, why is this being talked about now? This has been going on literally forever. Right. He was like, this is, I can't believe this is a thing. Like this is, this is not news. This is not, this has been going on before steroids. This, they, they never stopped doing this. There was never a season where they were like, Hey, let's not have tacky stuff on our hats, gloves, whatever. So are, are you of the same opinion? Are you of the opinion that like 100% of the seasons that you and I have, have been alive and watching baseball, like, Lots of pitchers are putting junk on their hands. I'm of that opinion. Like, yes, yes absolutely. Um, I'm also of the opinion that it's about time the pitchers got theirs. You know, because we lived through the steroid era. I heard a lot of Barry Bonds slander, you know, um, a lot of Ken Caminiti slander, a lot of, you know, I felt like it was all on the hitters. You know, Clemens felt like he kind of got a pass. Um, I don't know. Gagne kind of got a pass. Yeah. I'm sure there was more guys doing it that, you know, and it just felt like the hitters really took the brunt of this. Um, I don't know what the solution is to this other than uh, canceling game checks or fucking with their money. So it seems like to me what's happened is – um, we've, we've attacked a lot of the hitters stuff, whether it be steroids, 
whether it be greenies, whether it be like a lot of things that help guys like play 162 games a year, which is completely unnatural and a completely random, uh, uh, number to set because like there was no other professional sports really at the time. And these greedy owners are like, you guys are going to play every day for six months. Go fuck yourselves. And now most teams are keeping t- 12, 13 pitchers. There's like two or three yeah. bench guys. Basically, at this point, guys are playing pretty much every day, six days a week. Um, and we've attacked, we've basically attacked hitters with, we, we've taken out any sort of performance enhancing drug whatsoever. Right. We have, uh, we have the analytics for the shift for more than just the shift defensive alignments in general, where to pitch guys, where not to pitch guys, how to pitch guys, whatever. Also though, as everybody, you know, now we have, uh, you know, the, the three true outcomes we have dip and Jack, we have launch angle. We have all these things that are turning it into a high strikeout, high long ball game. And that is obviously uh, killing the excitement in terms of having high averages guy on base. I think I heard last week and it might've changed, but last week uh, six of the eight, six of the 10 national league leaders in hitting were hitting under 300, under 300, something like that. Yeah. I think four of the 10 were over. Yeah. Either way, it's like, I mean, the idea that the top 10 hitters in baseball aren't hitting over 300 is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. And, and like you say, with the shift, with a, a rover in right field. Um, also, by the way, pitchers always have the advantage. They know where the ball is going. They know what they're throwing. You know, hitters don't know. And then they're like moving the fielders to, you know, their hot zones. And by the way, taking away the athleticism of these incredible athletes who play shortstop and second base, third base, you know, like because they're literally put in the place where the ball's going to go right to them. And we don't get to see any of these incredible plays, and you know, or many just a lot less than we used to. We're sort of in a different situation than we were in with steroids, because when steroids when when steroids became kind of everybody was taking them, it it surged baseball. People loved the home run and it was popular, but there was obviously people who knew better who were like, Hey, Brady Anderson shouldn't hit 51 home runs in a year. Something's up. Let's talk about it. And eventually we talk about it. And eventually we retroactively punish a bunch of people and blah, blah, blah. It's do you think Brady Anderson's 50 home runs were his true crime or those sideburns? Uh, I, th- I love the sideburns, honestly. I think like th- he was the guy, you know what I mean? It became like a thing, but like it did he, become a thing. He was like, nah, that's my thing to start. So like I was like, hey, do you. But just be like a light hitting, steals a lot of bases, plays a decent center field sideburn having guy. Yeah. Don't try to hit 50 bombs. Yeah. You know, just be Steve Finley. But it seems like the opposite is having happening with the pitching, which is as this is sort of the reverse era of steroids. It's sort of the era of the pitcher. We have Jacob deGrom who's doing things have people, people haven't done in 50 years. And the majority of baseball fans don't like this. People are complaining about no hitters. People are complaining about strikeouts. People are complaining about averages down. 
people want offense. And so what it seems like is happening is now baseball's like, oh no, we've been letting pitchers do shit forever. Yeah. Now we're going to retroactively uh, punish them. And or we could just get rid of the shift, Joe. We could just get rid of the shift. I, I mean, we've been saying it for years. It's, it's the baseball was a perfectly balanced game before there was 90 feet. You know, if you, you can, it's like Pythagorean theorem. Like all the numbers were, were perfect. It was like the golden ratio and we fucked with the golden ratio and now the game sucks. Well, and, and if you think about it, it really is kind of crazy. I don't know if it's, you know, the way um, we can only achieve what we can fathom but like the idea that forever from a randomly selected 60 feet six inches yes throwing really hard was 100 miles an hour even yeah that's crazy (laughs) that's crazy yeah 62 feet it would have been like 98 is really hard yeah at 60 you know at 58 feet like 104 would have been really hard. But, right. for, but for 50 years at 60 feet, six inches, and still kind of to this day, 100 miles an hour is the number. Now, obviously, we've got Jacob DeGrom who's throwing 102, like 25 pitches a game. So we are pushing that, you know, that, that right. upper number. But so basically where we're at, Laz, is – Every single person who knows anything about baseball on any sort of deep level knows that every single pitcher, not every single pitcher, but a lot of pitchers, hundreds, dozens of pitchers every year, hundreds of pitchers over the last hundred years have had some sort of substance on them that helps with their thing. And now we're making it an issue because no one likes lots of strikeouts. Right. But it's not just i mean i think you and i are saying the same thing it's not just the tack on their fingers that are making the game hard to watch right right it's but what it's the it's the combination of that um the shift hitting philosophies and yeah that's it i I think i think team building maybe Basically, what you and I are saying is there's a lot wrong with it. We can't change hitting philosophy. We've the, the numbers say you're better off with a bloop and a bomb than you are manufacturing runs and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And analytics say, you know, dip and jack, don't Tony Gwynn and whatever. So that's fine. But we both agree. Let the pitchers put their fucking, you know, maple syrup on their glove, but ban the shift. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's become an issue, though. So four minor leaguers were suspended um, for having shit on their gloves. Josh Donaldson came out. Sp- how, are we, how, are we, how are we punishing the minor leaguers who are living on $1,500 a month? Because this is but, what we do. This is this is yeah, it's, it's so fucking backwards. Yeah. So then uh, Donaldson comes out. He calls out Garrett Cole personally. Then doubles down with, like, have you noticed a bunch of guys' spin rates have suddenly gone down uh, since these minor leaguers have been suspended, especially Garrett Cole? Like, is this surprising to you? So he's straight up calling it out. But then he he doubled back and he said, 
I'm not just talking about Cole. I'm talking about lots of guys, but he's an example. Um, then Garrett Cole is asked about it and gives the most ridiculous answer of all time. I think probably based on, you know, l- looking back at what happened in the steroids era and being like, it actually was worst for the guys who lied. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, somebody told him not to lie. And he remembered that while he was saying, uh, I don't know how to answer that because they told me not to lie, but I really have been doing it. So I also don't want to lie. So I don't want to say anything, but you know, uh, so then he starts saying, yeah, like older players have passed this down and I'm on the committee for ethics and baseball. It was, it was a guy having like a high school kid who didn't do his homework, trying to bullshit his way through an oral exam. Yes. It was so, bad. So Garrett Cole basically says without saying everything that we are saying, which is, yeah, this has been happening for generations. I was told to do this by a vet. He was told to do it by a vet. He was told to do it by a vet. This is a thing that happens. We're absolutely doing it. But he said that all without saying it because he didn't want to lie and say, nope, never use spider tech, whatever the fuck spider tech is. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so we are now, we now have just like yet another sort of baseball drama, drama. around the rules. When meanwhile, again, this has always happened. No one's doing it. Like the only time this has ever been prosecuted is when guys are just so blatantly doing it that the umpires can't not do something about it. Like we remember we've had years where like, there was a guy in the Dodgers series, I think in 88, who was just, it was just like, he was just like covered in tar. You know what I mean? And, oh yeah. Mickey Hatcher. Yeah. Mickey Hatcher. And covered then, in tar. And then there was Always. just, you know, there was just these, these pitchers who through the years, they'd be like, no, we can't not punish you. You know, you, you accidentally streaked your face with, you know, maple syrup. And now like now the whole world sees it, but yeah. like this little like rubbing of the glove, rubbing of the top of your hat, rubbing or whatever. Like if you wanted to compile hours of footage of this, you could compile, you know, thousands of hours of guys going to their glove, going to their hat, going to, so this is a problem that we've always had, but now it's going to be a thing. Now this is the thing for a while. It, I feel like baseball only moves when, you know, baseball is, is constantly overcorrecting, you know, and, and some of it kind of works, you know, like I don't mind the, the, uh, the over the uh, extra innings rule. It's kind of fun to watch. Like I'm okay with it. This really just goes back to the shift, man. Yeah. Like it really does. Cause it takes away the, the spectacular pl- Ozzie Smith, uh, Barry Larkin type of plays when Ozzie Smith is playing right behind second base and Terry Pendleton is playing shortstop and fucking Tommy Her is playing Rover. And, yeah, and the amount of double plays that I've seen sucks. This year, the amount of double plays I've seen this year that are like a ground ball up the middle fielded by a shortstop coming in who runs right to the bag and then throws over to first. It's like, it doesn't have the excitement. No, of, of it's the no six, four, three. There's no yeah. rhythm to it. And 
I 100% agree. If this is baseball is doing what football did, which is they try to change every fucking rule except the one that needs changing. Yeah. yeah. And the change, like, let's just ban the motherfucking shift. And they talked a, la- a couple years ago about, oh, the seams were raised on the baseball and that was helping guys with the spin rate. So then they lowered the seams on the baseball. And it's like, first of all, can we just have like a, can we just have the how the baseball, can we just stick with a baseball? The juiced ball, the spin ball, the thick ball. Right. Like, right. Like, um, I remember back in the day, like, I remember 1987 especially was like, this is the first time I heard the ball is juiced. Yeah. There's home runs everywhere. And then the next year, um, Oral Hersheiser throws 59 consecutive scoreless innings, you know, or like, you know, like they're hitting too many home runs. So they raise the mound, then they lower the mound, but there was always kind of an ebb and flow to it. Um, and things kind of just like remain the same. It was still the same game, but it was really the shift that throws everybody completely off. And another thing I don't like about people, when people defend the shift, be like, well, you know, why don't you just like slap a single down the right field or the left field line or whatever? Because like a guy's throwing a hundred. You want to watch that? Also, yeah, you don't want to watch that. Also, if a guy's throwing a hundred and two on your hands with like maple syrup on the ball, like, yeah, like, like yeah, I, good luck. It's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> right. Oh, just right. slap. Oh, just slap it down the fucking third baseline. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll do that. You know, you said there was you, you mentioned uh, the phrase there's an ebb and flow to this. You know, yeah. uh, there's the juice, there's the seams, there's the whatever. So this leads into um, one of my my guys, Pete Alonzo, said today. And this is what's wild to me that this is coming out of a third year big leaguer's mouth. Like, the, yeah, Pete Alonzo must be what, 23 years old? Yeah, 24. Like yeah. And, and the way this is coming out of his mouth and the way he says this as a fact. So Pete Alonzo said the biggest concern is MLB manipulates the baseball year in and year out, depending on free agency class or guys being in an advanced part of their arbitration. Alonzo said during a video conference with reporters asked in a follow-up question, if the idea of MLB manipulating baseball is based on free agent class is something players talk about and believe in Alonzo replied, Oh no, that's a fact. In 2019, there was a huge class of free agent pitchers, and then that's quote unquote the juiced balls. Then 2020 was a strange year with the COVID season, but now we're back to playing in regular season with a ton of shortstops or position players that are going to be paid a lot of money, like high caliber players. I mean, yeah, that's not a coincidence. It's definitely something they do. So Pete is essentially saying that. A couple of years ago, when Verlander is complaining about the juiced ball era, right? It's that they're trying to lower the value of pitchers. They're trying to short the market, and that now with a bunch of shortstops and/or position players coming up in free agency, they're trying to short the market by lowering the offensive stats. Yeah. And Pete isn't saying this as a conspiracy theorist. Pete Alonzo, third-year Mets star, is presenting this as a fact. Yes. And you know what? Like, I've done zero research on this, but it makes sense. It makes 100% sense. Because just the fact that, like, when I was 12 years old, I heard about the juiced ball. 
And then the next year there was something else. And, 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 you know, the, and then, uh, you know, MLB puts it out that like, Oh, these players are making too much money, you know, and they're, and they're, and they're telling everybody how much they make, you know, like what other, you know, do you know exactly what, um, I don't know. I mean, do you know exactly what Jeff Bezos makes? I mean, no, no, but I know exactly how much Fernando Tatis makes. Yep. Do I know how exactly how much the the owner of the Minnesota Twins makes? No, but I know how much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now let me follow up here, Pete. Also, so he goes on to talk about that. You know, he didn't think MLB is doing the right thing by cracking down on pitchers using stuff while on the mound. He said, for me, whether they're using pine tar, rosin, sunscreen, or bullfrog, or whatever they want to use to control the ball, let them use it. For me, I go into the box and see guys throwing harder every day. And I don't want 99 miles per hour, 99 miles per hour slipping out of someone's hand because they didn't have enough of a feel for it. The recent incident featuring Pilar getting hit in the face by a pitch came to Alonzo's mind. We all saw what happened to Kevin Pilar. And that's scary. We are lucky he only had a broken nose. It could be a lot worse depending on where it hits the guy. So Pete Alonzo is saying the MLB on a year-to-year basis fucks with the baseballs. He also says let pitchers use whatever they want because they throw so goddamn hard I don't want to get hit in the face. Yeah. This, first of all, this is just all the wildest third-year like nuts on the table like, like the dude, the dude hasn't even, he's on his rookie fucking deal. This just is nutting on the table. Just going, this, this is, is the deal. This is the first year we've really heard like pitchers being called out. I feel like it started with JT real Muto. Yeah. was saying, this is bullshit. Then we get Josh Donaldson saying, you know, yeah, Garrett Cole is a cheater. And then like, it just feels like everybody's starting to feel, you know, pretty brave about it. And Pete Alonzo's just giving away inside baseball <laughs> secrets and I'm all for it. That's awesome. So the, 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 what comes down and we'll start to wrap this up, but what comes down to this, like, you know, sticky ball situation is then we get into the, well, it's always been done. So is it really a big deal? Which we're saying, but then the argument would be, and the, the same argument could be said, whenever you could steal a sign in the past, you would. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where it's, then we start getting into like weird baseball, um, you know, the, the. But nobody was using recording equipment before. Right. But that's different. But you were stealing signs if you're on second base. But if, sure. you're, but if you're a batter and you peak, you're fucked up. Yeah. So the, I guess that's, you know, I guess that's where. And Pete, I feel like we somebody should write down all the unwritten rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why haven't we done that yet? This is, that's the epi- that's the title of the episode. Make the unwritten rules of baseball written. Right. Yeah. Write, write Let's just rules. write them down once and for all. Yeah. Write them down. Yeah. And then. Why are they still unwritten? Yeah. They're, then there'll be the written. Not so much rules of baseball. They're not official rules. The unofficial, but very written down rules of baseball. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, nobody's confused. But so then I guess my question for you is, okay, I love this idea. 
Um, pitchers using substances on the ball. As far as the written rules of baseball, the written not so, but we're cool. These are cool. We're okay with this. I think they have to be specific. Okay. So like uh, jalapeno, cool. Vaseline, cool. I don't know what spider tack is. I don't know what bullfrog is. Uh, bullfrog is like sunscreen. Okay. It's like clear sunscreen. And this is, this makes it stickier. You That seems means- like it would be like slipperier, but right. like whatever. Um, um, that's good. I feel like boiling Coca-Cola is a step too far. You know, changing the matter of changing the matter, of changing the chemical gas. breakdown of something. Right, 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 right. That's not cool. But if they right? start bottling Coca-Cola, fine. Yeah. Boiling Coca-Cola into something else. No. Prescription Coke syrup, you know, that they would give you for a cough. Is that OK? Uh, so basically scissor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think scissors all right if it's in its original form. Okay. Right. As long as it's a liquid and not a gas. But as far as us, if we're if if we're tasked, if they go, listen, we heard the dirty slides talking about this. We're gonna yeah. let the dirty slides guys write the unofficial rules. Right. Uh we're saying a tackified substance is okay within reason. The reason being you can't create a new substance just for the sole purpose of this. But if you can find a substance that already that walks, already exists, walks the earth, you can right. use it. That's fine. Oh, That's turtle fine. wax. Yeah, man. They make that. It's not, they make this, that, but you yeah. can, yeah. you can create your own. Right. You can't create your own and it has to be uh, readily available in any CVS. Ooh, has to be in a drugstore. <laughs> has to be in a drugstore. I like it. You can't go to a specialty <laughs> store. You can't go to O'Reilly's. No, 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 no specialty shops. Like it could be in Long's, CVS, Rite um, Aid, Rite Aid, Walgreens, acceptable, <laughs> yeah. Walgreens. Right. No specialty shops. No specialty shops. I think this yeah. is great, and I think Pete yeah. Alonso would agree. I think most pitchers would buy into this. Right. So yeah. now, dirt, dirty slides, uh, written, unwritten rules. Ban the shift. The shift is no longer legal. First of all, like it's the number one rule. Yeah. It's ban the shift. Like shortstop. I you know, and we'd have to get into some lawyer language and like because you one know, Tony outfield, LaRu- one outfielder Tony is is tricky. He's a yeah. tricky motherfucker. One outfielder has to be on either side of second base. One two two infielders have to be on either side of second base. One guy can be basically straddling it. Right. You can't have three infielders on one side of second base. And you can't have three outfielders on one side of second base. Absolutely not. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty, I think we pretty much wrote it. Right. You and, can't have and three like, infielders if you, or if three you put a rover, if you put a rover out there, you're like, they kick you out of the league. You got to go to the minors. You become the Portland Mavericks or whatever. And then you bring somebody else up. No more, no roving. So That's rule I, number two. I know this is, you know, this is a heavy Mets uh, uh, track we're on right now, but I, th- I do think that this is a obvious and and uh, must segue into um, the conversation, which is uh, somebody in, you know, baseball Twitter land tried to grab a, a quick video of Jacob DeGrom, you know, rubbing his glove and said, yeah. look, even DeGrom is doing it. And uh, immediately, 
the entire Mets organization in one thread essentially came to Jacob deGrom's defense. They all started replying to each other. At some point there was like eight or nine of them who had replied to one another, all culminating. It started with Nito, who's our backup catcher. Yeah. Followed by McCann, who's our starting catcher, both saying, and, and by the way, the entire team calls him the goat at this point, but the goat or the goat or goat goats doing it for yeah. real goat does it clean goat doesn't have anything on his thing Nito started McCann followed it up came all the way down to Kevin Pillar who said I'll bet my paycheck Jacob deGrom has not no foreign substance on his persons that he is using so not I don't only- know Kevin Pillar but I'm pretty sure Kevin Pillar is a, a great human being Yes. After spending one season with the Giants. And I told you when you when he went to the Mets, I was like, you're really going to like Kevin Blar. This guy plays hard, plays a great center fielder as a hose and he hits bombs. You were absolutely right. And I think I mean, first of all, he hit two bombs tonight. Um, He plays a great outfield. He gets hit in the face. He comes back like 12 days later, gets a base hit in his first at bat wearing like a Bane mask. (laughs) <laughs> um and he wasn't even wearing it in the he's wearing it in the field but he wasn't wearing it at back because he can't see so he's the only time he's, he's like, not wearing this mask is when he's fucking hitting which is wild but yeah I, but i think that your point about him being a great guy what proved that to me was he is he literally has a swollen everything after getting hit in the face they've got cotton swabs shoved up his nose he looks like he's been hit by a bus and he's going like, you know, I'm just worried about the pitcher. I know I didn't do it on purpose. And, uh, you know, he's concerned with this dude's like mental state and like that this doesn't ruin his career. Right. That he like right. murdered somebody. Right. Yeah. That's next level. That's a, that's a high level dude. So he goes on record as saying he will put his paycheck on the line. Come check the ground. Now, when every single like basically what this tells me, Garrett Cole was so afraid to like Dell. He, he didn't even want to like go where I'm not even going to like approach the line of I might have lied about this. Yes. Every single met. Meanwhile, is like I 100 yeah. percent say so that tells me Jacob DeGrom doesn't use any shit. It also tells you kind of like what the state of the culture of the Mets is right now. Yeah. And, and maybe gives you a little insight of what the culture of the Yankees is right now. Not like what overall Yankee culture is, but just like with this squad that they have right now in the present that like, I didn't hear like, uh, and Aaron judge come to Garrett Cole's defense. Right. But here's my or question, anybody. I guess. Listen, and I know Jacob Jacob DeGrom is a super freak. Like, yes. this is some shit I haven't seen ever, ever now at this point. We talked about it being prime Pedro for a minute. We talked about, like, this is, this is jumped to another level. But I guess my question is, if we believe the nine guys who are willing to put their shit on the line – that DeGrom isn't using it. And we believe that Garrett Cole is, and we believe that basically a lot of guys are. What this tells me is you, it's not really helping that much 
or like you can do it without it. Like Jacob Gram is otherworldly and is apparently not using any substance whatsoever. So like, how important is this substance? I mean, it, there's levels to this, Joe. You know, if I was out on the mound, I bet you the uh, substance would be pretty fucking important. You know, <laughs> like throwing, you know, 60 miles an hour. I'd probably need some tack for some extra spin rate to get it to 67 miles an hour. I don't know. But there's but our, if you're we, to we, goat, we maybe have, it doesn't. We have gone. We have gotten to the point with Jacob deGrom now where. Yankee fans don't argue it. You know, Scherzer slurpers don't argue it. Cole stands don't argue it. Like there, we're no longer, there's no longer a question. Jacob DeGrom's by far the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. And so at this point, you know, him being clean, quote unquote, clean or whatever, like to me, it just widens the gap. I mean, I, I just think we're seeing a guy who's like, have you, when's the last time you saw something like this? I, I like, I think, uh, prime Pedro or that the, what did Dwight Gooden have the one five, three, yeah. the good season, maybe the Hershiser 88 season, you know, um, we're we're talking about, we're talking about a guy who's won two of the last three Cy Youngs. He lost last last year to Bauer. There's DeGrom has three or four of these like outlier seasons now. Right. This one being he's he's got a point six two ERA. He has four earned runs on the season. In in sixty plus. What's his record right now? I don't know. He's I think he's maybe like four and one or something. Okay, well at least he's not zero and one with a like it's been worse for him in previous years. Sounds like he's getting a little bit of run support. Yeah. So right, he is five and two. A 0.62 ERA. He's got a 3.3 war in nine starts, I believe. Nine starts. Wow. Um, remind me, does he have an MVP yet? No. That was the prediction this year. I predicted yeah. Degrom yeah. Cy Young slash MVP. Now, the other stat that was mind blowing that I read, uh, I think it was two starts ago was he is simultaneously striking out the most pitchers per nine innings and the most efficient uh, pitcher in baseball. He's getting through innings with the least number of pitches thrown, which is basically unheard of because you're either a low pitch guy or you're a big strikeout guy. He's, he's, he's a 50-40-90 MLB right now. He's striking out hyper-efficient 14 scoring. guys per nine innings. But yet he's only throwing 14 pitches an inning. So he's, you know, it takes nine pitches to strike three guys out. He's throwing, he's throwing nine balls and five strikes every inning. Or nine strikes and five balls, like on average, which is crazy. If you guys don't hear me, it's just because I'm just shaking my head and all. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's wild. It's so it's wild. glorious to watch as a Mets fan. Yeah, I mean, do you were you? I mean, you were younger when Dwight Gooden was doing his thing, but so I could understand if that one kind of, you know, will, will always pump you up more. But I don't think it does. Just I feel like you're way more into Degrom than 
you were ever into good. Well, good and happen was super young. So the 85 seasons when I'm six years old, the yeah. six seasons when I'm seven years old. And but, but then by the time you were 12, he was like, you know, passed out on the floor doing cocaine with Gerald Strawberry. Yeah. And the other thing <laughs> is, you know, you look at the you look at the good in numbers. Now they just let guys pitch more. Like they're, they're yeah. still they're still taking DeGrom out after seven innings. You know, good and Gooden would have these run like he's pitching complete. You know, he's pitching 14 complete games in a season or some shit like that. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. That's true. But, that's true. you know, that that leads me into uh, the, the number one thing that we've gotten since we did a last dirty slides, which is the Mets are in first place. The San Francisco Giants are in first place. You guys need to talk. We need a new slides while this is still a thing. <laughs> we just talked to Mets. We just talked to Mets. Alonzo's back. Alonzo's letting his nuts literally hang on the table. DeGrom is doing yeah. something never seen before. They're winning games with their B team. That's how much this team loves each other. Like they don't care who's in, who's out. And they're three games up on the NL East. Meanwhile, and that's because there's no other team that's over 500 in the NL East, but the Mets. Right. Meanwhile, for you guys, the plucky giants, I mean, look, I, I still believe in my heart that um, they're overachieving a bit. I just don't see how. And and Kevin Gossman has been incredible. You guys are incredible. 15 games over 500. Yeah. And they're hitting bombs, which they didn't hit bombs before. And they're much more athletic and they're catching the ball. I just don't know how, unless they make a deal, which they could. Um Kevin Gossman, Johnny Cueto, Alex Wood, uh, this Deski Fellini guy, and whoever they got. Um, they still have a little bit of bullpen issues. Jake McGee is not exactly lights out. Um, I think they just sent Duvall down. They, they, you know, like, but God bless them. They're, they're playing good baseball, and it's fun to watch. There are six teams in baseball with a better than, I mean, honestly, it's with a better than 43, but let's call it 50, with a better than plus 50 run differential. And three of them are in the NL West. The Dodgers have a plus 74 run differential. The Dodgers... The, sorry, the Giants have a plus 74, the Dodgers have a plus 85, and the Padres have a plus 67 run differential. So, honestly, three of the best teams in baseball are in the NL West. No one really surprised that the Dodgers and the Padres are part of that, that no, group. But everybody's surprised, including myself. So, if they can keep pitching, and, you know, and Brandon Crawford should be an all-star this year. Yeah. And Posey should too, but it's really weird seeing this. Like it's a complete, like Brandon Crawford's completely different hitter. Buster Posey seems like a completely different hitter. They're both hitting well, like below 250, but they've got 10, 11, 12 bombs right now, which is uh, mind blowing for Brandon Crawford. He usually hits seven to 10 has about 60 RBIs and hits 260. Now, for the most part, the NL West is about 60 games through the season. The Dodgers are 35 and 25. 
The Padres are 37 and 27, so they're 64 games through the season. The uh, Giants are 38 and 23, so they're 61 games through the season. So you're 60 games through. And right now, the Giants lead the Dodgers and the Padres by two and a half games. And the Giants and the Padres lead the wild card by a game and a half over the Brewers and four games over St. Louis. I know you don't want to do it, but you don't think you guys sneak in a wild card? You're 15 games over 500. The Brewers, who are a game and a half back of the wild card, are seven games over 500. No, I mean, like, yeah, I think we can sneak in a wild card. But, I mean, just Kevin Gossman doesn't have the pelts on the wall to be like, okay, um, we're in a playoff series against the Mets. You guys got DeGrom. We got Kevin Gossman. Yeah. And, okay, let's go. You know? Well, that's, you know, that's the thing as a Mets fan right now. I have said from the start of the season with Lindor not hitting for literally the better part of two months and then tons of injuries. You know, we're a week ago, we're three or four games up on the NL East. And, and this is before, you know, Lindor, Lindor starts hitting basically like two weeks ago. Now guys have slowly started coming back. Like Alonzo came back, but like, you know, McNeil's still out. Conforto's still out. Carrasco's still out. Syndergaard's still out. JD Davis is still out. Nimmo's still out. Like guys are out, but you're getting all these contributions from your bench guys. Right. So which I'm saying my which point gets is the a, team completely gelled as a you, Mets you know? fan. All of I just said all these days that we're in first place while everybody's hurt and Lindor isn't hitting is just a head yeah. start. No, it's gravy because guys are going to come back. Lindor's going to start hitting. He has. Yeah. And now, you know, that's where you get into a situation where, you know, you start to put a little a little distance between you and, and the, the rest of the NL East. Now, the Mets don't have a great record against teams over 500. But also, and you said it about the Gossman, like a, a playoff game, Gossman to Grom. The one thing is like, I don't care if the Mets make a wild card. I don't care if they win the division. I don't care. But we, let's get in because right now. You guys just got to get in. DeGrom, Stroman, Tawan Walker. I'll put our three. I'll put our top three up against any top three. And I'll put our top one up against. I'll put up, uh, against the ghost of anybody's one ever. I don't like who do I not like to Grom in a game one against 2000 Randy Johnson. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but Pedro, put, like who, who yeah. is out dueling? He, he doesn't give up any runs. No. If he, he I, I just did some math. Yesterday. No, if, if he gave up like six runs tomorrow in an inning or whatever, you know, his, his ERA would balloon to like one five. <laughs> it's pretty wild, man. And then also, you just kind of like there just seems to be an energy about this team, like, like you're saying, like uh, they all come to Degrom's defense about the sticky tack. They all come to Stroman's defense about like old man, old man Bradley with the do rag. Well, Tom Seaver didn't wear a do rag. Well, yeah, no shit, Bob. He he grew up in New Hampshire in the 1950s. Yeah, I don't think he wore wore a fucking do rag. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was it was the most casual racist fucking uh, nonsense and God. now he's taking a leave of absence for like yeah. 
you know, sensitivity training yeah. and whatever. And I love that Strowman went at him over it. Yeah, because dude. it was like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, OK, well, let's let's take a loop around the league and we'll, we can talk about some other top stories. One thing I went down to uh, San Diego last week for Mets pods and I was talking yeah. about uh, Mets. I was talking to a Padres fan about how I love Petco and how I've been. I, I basically come down every year for at least one Mets pods game down there and that how and how we saved their franchise by bringing back the Brown. You're yeah. welcome. Um, no you know, problem. Whatever. And I told him that I was there for Bar- the Bartolo Homer. And he told me something that I guess I had heard, but I never knew it was um, this like fully realized uh, uh, a theory. But essentially, I didn't know this. Padres fans consider the Bartolo Cologne home run the greatest thing that ever happened to their franchise. Because, and I, I knew that this was the trade, but I didn't know that they looked back on it so fondly this, but because James Shield gave up that homer and then was kind of a piece of shit about giving up that homer, they go on and they move Shields. They get Tatis. For Fernando Tatis. They get Tatis back in that deal. Yeah. And now they're, you know, now they have essentially a top, call it three player, three player in baseball, top four player in baseball. Top five, yeah. 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 And a guy that is just 100% the future of the franchise and has probably claimed to top two to three player in baseball for the next decade. Yeah. I didn't know that. They, that I didn't know like, that. Yeah. So they essentially consider the Bartolo Cologne to be the moment their franchise, like that was their the butterfly effect. Okay. So like. That's you know their sliding the doors with, with Gwyneth Paltrow. The NFL Network does a show like Timeline. Like, like uh, this is what happened. Like, just for an example that I can think of right now. Like, these are the circumstances that led Charles Haley to go to Dallas. Right. You know, and this this happened on this date. Like, why wouldn't MLB do the timeline of the Bartolo home, home run, which led the Padres to getting Fernando Tatis? Like, who? why aren't they making that movie? It's showing it on MLB Network. I think they absolutely should. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that's an awesome story. And I, James Shields is a, it was a pretty good major league pitcher and had a pretty good career. And I had no idea he was being a bitch about giving up a home run to Bartolo Colon. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. The guy got, you know, I made a bad pitch. I got lucky. The guy hit Bartolo it. Bartolo Colon's one of the greatest athletes ever, yeah. considering his weight and body. Truly. But what's, what's amazing is like in retrospect, unless there is, you know, I don't know, a Dodger fan that happened to be there that day, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that this is really negatively affected, but essentially this is one of the greatest baseball moments that ever occurred to everybody in that stadium. (laughs) Because as a Mets fan, it's one of the greatest, it's, 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 it's a top five sports moment of my life that I saw in per- person, it yeah. might be top two. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like I, 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 there's not a lot of other things that are gunning for that list. You know, I've been to some, I, I was at the LJ four point play, you know, like uh-huh. um, there's Nick's playoff basketball moments, uh-huh. you know, the giants winning the NFC championship game, I guess was like a fun one, but like, 
that, you know, like it's a, it's the best moment I ever Mets moment I ever saw in person. Yeah. And yeah. And for, for Padres fans, they got to see Bartolo Colon hit a homer and they got Fernando, Fernando Tatis. Tatis out of it. So retroactively, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to them too. I don't think I've really given Padre fans enough credit for like, you know, cause you always, you know, you watch giants, um, games at, at Petco and it's a ton of Giants fans. I went to Petco Giants series last year, ton of Giants fans. So, um, and Petco, I was like, well, maybe Petco is recharged, dude. Petco yeah. is recharged. They yeah. love their, I they mean, have thanks to us and yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. They've um, rotten back the Brown. Yeah. But you know, uh, it's time to give Padre fans a little credit for knowing their own team and, and uh, knowing, you know, the timeline of the Bartolo Colon home run. So let's start I'm there. Impressed. Let's start there, Les. Let's start with your NL West. All right. Your Giants have a two and a half game lead on the Dodgers and the Padres. Colorado is 12 games under 500. Arizona is 23 games under 500. We don't need to talk about either of them. Um, how does this, what's the top three in order at, the end of August and what's the top three in order at the end of the season and how many of them are in the playoffs? I believe I predicted Padres A's for the world series. So I will say uh, at the end of August, it's Dodgers, Padres, Giants. At the end of um, September, it's Padres, Dodgers, Giants. Ooh, I like it. And um, the Dodgers and Giants both make the wild card and have to play each other to get in the playoffs. Yes, let's go. Let's <laughs> fucking. How great go. would that be? Yeah. Now, if Kevin Gossman outduels, uh, I mean, do you think you gotta think in a in a, a do or die game? Uh, old Doc Roberts is going to start Walker Bueller or uh, the fucking kid they got this year. Yeah. What's his name? Right. Bauer. Bauer. Right. Trevor Bauer. But you, you know, got to think, but you'd also, are you like, sure he won't right? start Clayton Kershaw? I said, I said this from day one. <laughs> I mean, I, let me ask you something last. Would you rather go to a San Francisco giants, LA Dodgers, one game do or die playoff game in LA or an SF. I mean, obviously the LA okay. the LA commute's easier for you. You're going to that game if it's played. Oh, I mean, if it's played, I'm going to the game. So are you rooting for it to be here or there? Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to think about here. One, the by the payoff, way, by the way, the Phoenix Suns just shellacked the Denver murdered Dodgers. the nuggets 25 point win this phoenix Just suns a, this phoenix suns has that 2011 dallas team written fucking all over it all over it it's suns nets um nba finals wow wow point, point guard um, bonanza yeah um okay so the payoff to see um the giants beat the Dodgers in Dodger stadium, which has been kind of a house of horrors for them over the years late um, would be incredible. Do I make it out of that stadium alive? Debatable. 
right? Um, if the Dodgers win, I'd be like, eh, you know, whatever. You won a World Series that nobody cares about, and you didn't even get a parade. So, like, who cares? I still got three rings, right? <laughs> um, but the pure joy of being at, at, uh, at Pac Bell or whatever they call it now, I can't remember, um, in San Francisco, that'd be pretty sick too. I probably, I probably um, go San Francisco. Wow. I probably would. Yeah. I just don't think they're winning that game in Dodger Stadium. See, I can tell you I want nothing more than a NLCS game one DeGrom shoving at Petco. I will be I'll be fucking I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll, I'll bring back the fucking brown on your faces, bitch. Yeah. I'll be like, I yeah. I gave it, I will take it away. <laughs> <laughs> the NL the NL Central is the Chicago Cubs. 35 and 27 leading the Milwaukee Brewers by a half game at 34 and 27 leading the St. Louis Cardinals at 32 and 30 by three games. And then Andy Ruther's Cincinnati uh, Reds are one game under 500 and four and a half games back. And the Pittsburgh pirates are Pittsburgh pirating. They're 13 games under 500 and they're 10 and a half games back. Um, Chicago was Chicago is a team that no one really thought would be in the mix, which a lot of people thought the trading deadline was going to mean goodbye, Chris Bryant, goodbye, Javi, but goodbye, Javi. Really? That's, that was a lot of, why can't they pay these guys? Why, why would they not pay El Bongo? No, they can pay these guys, right? They can. Right. But why wouldn't they? I, that that is the question and the question was like why are we breaking up this team oh well yeah. we don't think we can win so now you know the the smart thing to do is to break them up before but they're proving otherwise really they're, they're, ask ask jerry reinsdorf how that worked out right like they're, they're eight games over 500 they are <laughs> they are you know they're in the mix <laughs> They're in they're they're right in the same realm as the Dodgers and Padres right now, record wise, you know, and uh, they'd be leading. They'd be leading the NL East by, you know, four games. Okay, so if I'm if I'm a Cubs fan, I'm like astounded at the hubris of the uh, upper management to think, oh, we won one World Series in a hundred fucking years. And so if we're not in the World Series game, we're just going to break up this team that has, like, whether you like the Cubs or you don't, like, this particular team has a lot of energy, a lot of swag. They're fun to watch play. They're, they're, they're generally good guys, I think. I mean, like, Rizzo's a great guy. Chris Bryant seems cool. El Mago is awesome. You know, like, why would you break this team up? You finally have a, a contender, a year in and year out contender, and you're gonna break this team up. Well, yeah, and the and the conversation seems to be about um, we can only pay so many of them or whatever, and it's like, why? Yeah, go fuck that, yourselves. That's what I don't understand. L- literally, literally, um, take your own head and shove it up. Oh, your we own can ass. pay Rizzo, and we can pay. You can pay, but we can't. No pay brian or javi and it's like 
well then what's the point in paying some of those guys if then you have to you know like is the plan really rebuilding around rizzo like four years from now if it you gotta pick it seems like it seems like they should be buyers instead of sellers yeah absolutely and like let's say let's say for the sake of argument um uh you can pay two of those guys even though you can really play four like chicago tribune the the uh wrigleyville is packed you know every night you know covid's over oh it's not over whatever you know people are gonna come back they spend a lot as of far money as, there. as far as baseball attendance goes it's over. right yeah 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 okay but you're gonna pick two let's say you're gonna pick two of the four who do you pick if I'm going to pick two of the four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got to look at their ages, but I like to me, to me, the thing is that I know they all love Rizzo there, but to me, a, a finding a, a big hitting first baseman is a lot easier than finding an El Mago. I, I mean, it's, I think it's El Mago Contreras. And right? I, and, and the other thing is I understand that Javi is, you know, kind of a big sway like he's not your typical like he's not winning the batting title but look nobody's winning the batting title this year exactly <laughs> so who cares right javi right now his his stats are he's hitting 240 he's got 14 bombs <laughs> right. 14 bombs yeah and maybe the greatest base running of 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 the year I just think the like honestly, I think that's a baseball like it's everything that's wrong with baseball. That's like, well, if you can only pay two of the four, why, why, yeah, yeah, why, why? Um, St. Louis, you know, Milwaukee's turned it on. Milwaukee's eight and two in their last ten. Um, them and the rest of the division have a negative run differential. The Cubs have a plus thirty-three, but St. Louis Cardinals have been kind of a disappointment, all things considering. You add. You add Goldschmidt and then Arenado in back-to-back seasons. You mm-hmm. are two games over 500. Do you see them making a late run? Do you see them doing very yes. Cardinals-y things? I do. Me too. Don't you? Don't yeah. you, though? Kind of hate you? it. Yeah, yeah. They're going to. They're going to. My, um, NL, my NL East, the Mets are six games over 500 and lead by three and a half games. Atlanta is 29 and 30 the phillies are 29 and 31 huge comeback win by the phillies tonight um to get to pull pull us another game half game ahead so mets are three and a half up on atlanta four games up on philly seven games up on washington seven and a half up on miami i mean i'm you know we talked about it before but we'll just do it quickly again since we've been mets heavy but like to me this is we're just talking about a head start. We're talking about a head start while yeah. while like guys are hurt and guys are not like and also it just proves to me that like dude if we're gonna win with the replacements, like it just it just goes well now we're just gonna be also extra deep. It just means that those guys are ready to contribute in a bad whatever sense. they've had they've had early success, it's huge, it's huge for your team. But I still think I still think um, Atlanta is to be feared. Is to be feared. Um, Acuna is on fire. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, 
I mean, like, does does that guy hit cheap home runs ever? No. No. <laughs> no. no. Everything he hits is, are absolutely pured. He's got 18 bombs. He's hitting 288, which is like, which is the old 315. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he's got 57 hits. Yeah. He's got, he's got a 2.2 war playing every day, which should just tell you everything you need to know about uh, Jacob DeGrom's 3.3 war and nine starts. Um, That's wild. But it's banana land. Like he's, he's, he's up there in, you know, most complete guys in the game right now. And yeah, yeah. I do, I do fear them. But I'm also sitting here going, yeah, I mean, I'm afraid of them. Also, we're up three and a half games while playing Billy McKinney and fucking the the Alars, the Pilars, the Valars. McCann was playing first base and hitting third like a week and a half ago. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like they're a regular season team unless, you know, um, they you know, find some more pitching really like they need some more pitching depth has really been their problem over the last few years. They had, a, I think Ian Kennedy is that his name. Yeah. The rookie pitcher. He was really nice last year and they got Max Freed, but they, they just need a little bit more. So because, we'll see. Maybe they make a big trade. Um, so the NL West we go to now uh, once again, you know, we, we, we've called it one of the sexier divisions. Uh, Texas is 24 and 39. They're 13 games back. We're not even going to talk about it. Yeah. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are only three games under 500, but like every day, Shoei Otani hits a like mammoth, mammoth bomb, 70 foot bomb. He's the only pitcher to throw like 104 in a game this year. He hit, I think, the longest home run of the year. I think he has the highest uh, like speed going to first base this year. It's bananas that he's on a team with Mike Trout and they're three games under 500. That that their fans don't care about. No one cares. No one cares. They're, no one cares. 40 there. minutes from me right now. I, have, I, haven't, I haven't even thought about going to a game. Yeah, because every time I'm at that stadium, I I was like, I'm in this vibeless cavern full of like dudes with flat bills on dates yep so uh the too bad they should be mlb network should be doing more on show otani the uh do you think otani is pitching and hitting three years from now i hope so yeah i hope so do you think he is? i don't uh, i mean probably not Probably not because it's only going to take one big, an, another injury, another, some kind of lat pull, some kind of oblique. And uh, I don't know. I hope they, if, if they, if they don't let him pitch, I kind of like hope, and he wants to pitch and they're like, no, we want to protect our investment. I hope uh, they trade him somewhere. Like his home runs to me. Or like when I watch long drive guys on on Instagram, I'm like, why yeah. don't we, why don't we all just swing that hard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Why, why doesn't Tiger just swing that hard? Like the yeah, long right? drive guys are like going, you know, waddling on two, and then just like, Hah! and like he's got this like hip thrust that, and you just go, you're swinging so hard, I love it, but it's so smooth. But it doesn't look like he's swinging so hard. Yeah, it's weird. 
She's Do you think if you put Trout and Otani, let's say Trout's healthy and Otani, you're like, you know what? Nobody cares here. We're just gonna we're just gonna put you on the Pirates. There's a there's a Pittsburgh Pirates revolution of and the Pittsburgh Pirates are good and everybody's like stoked stoked on the Pirates. They'd just be the same, right? Like it would be. It's like it's the perfect example of the of the. NL. You don't think you don't think like people in Pittsburgh like I mean it's more of a football town, but you don't think like Pirates fans would be stoked and have something to root for. Because I'm just saying, Angel fans don't care. Yeah. But would it be a? Do you think they'd be a bigger deal or less of a big deal if they were in Pittsburgh? You think they'd be a bigger deal? I think they would. Wow. No, Seattle is remarkably only one game under 500 hot start falling off. Uh, kind, of, it, kind of the same old Seattle. Yeah. Same old Seattle, but like good for them for competing as they rebuild. Like kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're not competing, but they're kind of, they're in the mix. Play 500 baseball while you rebuild. Uh, good. Just good play job. 500 baseball. Let's yeah. Just good job by you guys. The, the division certainly at this point looks like it comes down to, our two picks, the Oakland Athletics at 37 and 26, leading the Houston Astros by one game, 35 and 26. The Astros have a plus 80 run differential, and the Oakland A's have a plus 13 run differential. Uh-oh. The, the, <laughs> the uh, Astros are coming on strong. And, uh, you know, now they're now the pitchers are getting accused of cheating. So they're like, see? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just us. It's hard when, too. it's hard when you don't know what's coming and they're they've got sticky shit all there. <laughs> you still like Oakland though. Have you do you do you watch Oakland on a fairly regular basis? Um here and there. I just I I don't have any real reason for liking Oakland in this other than I like Oakland. Um I was just thinking of Really, when I made the prediction of Padres A's, I was just thinking about like what would be the best looking uniform wise World Series, <laughs> and I was like, "Give me the brown and and the neon green." That like, would be the Kelly green. That would be exceptional. Yeah, it would. It would. It would be that great. would be exceptional. Now, you know, I know this is like it's a very Mets complaint, but like fuck Jed Lowry. <laughs> the guy didn't play five games for us. <laughs> but like what were you really expecting out of Jed Lowry really what he's doing hitting second every day for the A's going three for four tonight <laughs> like hitting 261 playing okay. wherever playing wherever in the infield you needed him to I I don't know um I don't want to wish anything on anybody like bad things but I'm just telling you Jed Lowry uh come August 15th is is on the DL for the rest of the season. Well, he was, I on don't the deal know for, he was on the deal for two full years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Manea was uh, one tonight. He's five and two. I think he's got a, you know, three something ERA. Like, is he, is he, can we look at him as like a potential? Like, is he, can he shove in the playoffs for the, for no. the Oakland athlete? No. Okay. No. That, that's, that's a real big question right there. No, I don't think he can. I don't think he's got the stuff. Really, he's more of a finesse guy, you know. Even the great Greg Maddox in the playoffs wasn't very good. You really need a power arm. You need power arms in the playoffs when it comes down to it. We go to the AL Central where we we took a lot of heat. We have a lot of Twins fans. We took. A we lot owe a lot of Twins fans. 
Okay, so last time I was like, I got to watch some Twins baseball. Um, Benangi was like, yo, these Twins are good. And as soon as um, I started watching them, they just fell off the cliff. They're 24 and 37. We took a lot of heat for saying that they, they weren't going to be, you know, that they spent the last couple of years being good and that we both thought they weren't going to be good this year. Now they're in dead last place. They're 13 games out. They have a minus 42 run differential. I feel like we're owed an apology now. Yeah. We, we, we got called out. We got called out by people saying like, for some reason, like how dare we do that? And, and to be fair, you know, we are not like statsy baseball guys. We're more, uh, you know, we're more feel, we're more feel, we're more eye test. Right. Last is about to piss on zoom. And I love it. <laughs> yes. We're trying not to make noise. No, you should make noise. I want you right now to piss all over Twins fans. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to piss on Twins fans. But, but you are. I was going to play. I was going to watch you guys play. And then you started stinking. And and honestly, I'm I'm putting the call out there to the Twins fans that are fans of the Dirty Sides podcast. You guys came at us early. How dare you guys not believe in the Twins? And we were right. You guys stink. You're behind the Detroit Tigers who are 25 and 36 and 12 games out. You're behind to be t- fair to Twins fans. To be fair to Twins fans, Byron Buxton started off like gangbusters and he was uh, and sorry, gangbusters and he was an MVP candidate and then he got hurt and it, it seemed like everything just fell off from there. Well, listen, I, I like Byron Buxton, free Byron Buxton guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's like let's free Let's free Byron Buxton. Let's free Shoei. Let's let's free Mike Trout, like we've been saying for years. And let's just put him on the Pirates. Like, why give, are we making the Pirates good though? Fuck the Pirates. I just like. I just feel like put him on the Mariners. Ah, uh, I want to put him on the Mariners. That's I, I, I want. I want Pittsburgh Pirates fans to have something. I want to put him on Baltimore. Baltimore's got something. They got Trey Mancini. Everybody's excited. Trey Mancini's having a good season. He beat cancer. You know, let's, let's give him to Andy Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yeah, I guess all right. I guess it's fine. I, I don't know. I want him on the Pirates. I don't really Pirates want have a great stadium and they have a shit team. And I feel like great stadiums should like like Petco's a great stadium. Now they got a good team and like yeah. people are excited. I didn't want I didn't I've never been to Pittsburgh. I might try to go in July. Um that's, that's the stadium is cool as fuck. I love playing at Pittsburgh at I want to call it three rivers, but it's not three rivers, but like the new Pittsburgh place on uh, MLB, the show. All right. Yeah, what up? It's, it's some bank, right? It's Pitt. Eh, PNC, something PNC. like that. Some yeah. bank. Yeah. Kansas city Royals fans were also on us early about guys. Look at us. Look at the Royals. Sorry. We didn't do this for six weeks. Now they're 29 and 30. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are 32 and 27. They're the only, but Hey, league. Sally, Sally Perez is, is hitting bombs, like two bombs a game. Yeah. And, and, and listen, am I still butthurt about 2015? Yeah, I am. A little bit. Did I wait six weeks until you guys dropped under 500 to do this podcast? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, the Chicago White Sox leading division 37 and 24. They are my World Series pick to meet the New York Mets in a uh, tough second team in a major city battle after the Mets escape the San Diego Padres in the NLCS after – the Chicago <laughs> after the Chicago White Sox take down, you know, probably 
the Yankees still <laughs> like coming through. Do you, do you know who really passes the eye test? Who's that? Tim Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Ch- Chicago is legit. The Chicago probably has, um, you know, the best pitching staff in the AL. Uh, they've got a lot of great young guys. They've got, uh, they've got your boy managing the squad, Tony LaRusso. Oh, what a fucking dick. But like, here's the thing. And like, I, I know Tony LaRusso didn't do this on purpose, but what I liked about this whole, like, you know, I mean, I, I really, and this happened weeks ago and this is a long time ago and whatever. And we haven't done thing, but la la la. But calling this kid from the Dominican who's fought and clawed his way to the big leagues, um, clueless for hitting a, first of all, hitting an EFIS pitch 450 feet, not easy to do. Yeah. And this kid's been carrying you, calling him clueless and turning your whole team against you, giving them a reason to win in spite of you, just makes me love the Chicago White Sox. Like, I want them, I want, basically, Tony La Russa is the owner for Major League, and they're, they're you know, winning in spite of him. I love it. Yeah, and my question for you is, are they, is this a owner from the Indian situation? Are they literally winning to spite him? Yes, I believe they are. Now that he called one of his players clueless, the whole and they, they all jumped on him. They're like, "Yeah, nah," like, "Yeah, nah," Tony. And Tony was like, "Oh, I can't remember the pitcher, Lance Lynn." It's like, "Well, Lance Lynn's got a got a locker. I've got an office." Like, nobody gives right. a shit, Tony. The by the way, your hair is about to light on fire. It's so dry. Like, put some conditioner in there. So Jesus. my my question for you is, like, can is that a like, like recipe for success for real. Like, can you win a world series in spite of your manager? I mean, a you, lot of people would get, argue, a lot of people get would to argue a world series. won a world series in spite of Joe Batten. But they didn't dislike him, right? No, they, they didn't dislike him. Can you do it? I don't know if you can do it, but I really want to watch them try. <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to win the world series because, um, can they get Jerry them? Reinsdorf picking managers from the 1980s? Um, but so after... far it's worked. They're four games up. They have a plus 86. Weren't they in the playoffs play? last year with Ron Renteria or whatever? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. We go to the East Tampa Bay. I, I didn't, uh, I I'll take, I'll take an L, L while I take a W here. Simultaneously. The Yankees sit in third. The, uh, which I said, I was like, oh, everybody's sucking the Yankees dick, whatever. The the Red Sox sit in second. I said there was there, we were going to have a... We both said we were going to have a Red Sox resurgence. We are going to have a Red Sox resurgence. We had no justification for it whatsoever other than the Red Sox tend to be good when you don't think they're going to be good. Yeah. Toronto's three games over 500 in fourth place. They're only six games back. They have a plus 35 run differential. They've got Vlad Jr. trading the... ML home run lead with Acuna every couple days. He hits fucking bombs. The only team under 500 is the Baltimore Orioles, where I'm saying we should send Otani and Trout and 
know, all these guys. But so we have Tampa Bay is a game and a half up on Boston, who's four games up on the Yankees, who's a half game up on Toronto, who, you know, and then Baltimore is way down. So kind of a wild top of the wild top four, Tampa Bay, Boston, Yankees, Toronto. Right now, if you go to the wild card, Boston's in, Houston's in. Cleveland's two games back. The Yankees are two and a half back and the, and the blue Jays are three games back. So we have, we have four teams for essentially three spots, but probably two spots because, you know, you got to figure, you got to figure like some of those other teams are going to be in the, you got to figure Houston's probably in the mix. Cleveland, maybe not in the mix, but Houston probably in the mix. I, I believe Houston will be in the mix. Will definitely be in the mix. So it's really two spots. So who makes the playoffs out of the AL East? I think it's, I think it's Tampa Bay and Boston, right? You love to hear it. Yeah, I think it is. I'd rather it be like fucking Tampa Bay and Toronto, but like, I'll take Tampa Bay and Boston. I'd rather it be Toronto too, but like it's too early. If, if they've got, it's, it's a little early. They have some really, awesome young hitters obviously i mean and if they if they're 35 if they're up 35 and run differential that means they're getting enough pitching but it must mean that they're not catching the ball is the best strategy in baseball going forward and i and i very much think this as compared to other sports is the best strategy in baseball draft as many children of big leaguers that you possibly can hundred percent. It's gotta be fucking right. Why wouldn't you Bichette, do that? Guerrero. Biggio. Biggio. Like they, this is, yeah. they're basing their fucking team around this strategy. Yeah. Also, you know, those guys, they know what to expect. They know how to act. They've been, you know, they've grown up their whole lives inside the, the clubhouse or at the field. Like they get it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so how long you know we 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 called the padres thing a couple years early how long till the blue jays win an al east an al east two years from now uh maybe like think about think about the the great blue jays teams 92 93 right yeah they had some young studs on that team but they also had like some veteran free agent guys. They had like Winfield and Ricky Henderson and Paul Molitor and like Jack Morris came over and like, they're going to need some help. Okay. They're going to need some help. I think, because I feel like who's their number one guy. Is it like J.A. Happ? Like who's their dude? Who is their dude right now? I was just, I just looked at this before. Um, their dude. I mean, Hap's been good. But you're right. Hap is good, but it's like you need a power arm. So it's the same thing with Mania. Like he ain't going to get it done in the playoffs. Game one, game start, game one starter. Uh, Matt's has been decent for them. He's not going to be, he's not going to be the guy who, who gets it done, but like he's leading their squad in fucking ERA. You know what I mean? Like, uh, let's see if like, but I, I, I'm trying to think of who's got like th- he was winning games for them early on, and then kind of fell off. 
but it, um, it, it might be the kind of thing where like like what if what if philly falls off or washington falls off and like blue jays are like you know yolo like Let's trade for Scherzer or Robbie Nola. Ray's three and two with a three, three, six ERA. Yeah. Like the pitching's not there yet. No, the pitch is not there. But if they're, if, but if they're 35, uh, the run differential is plus 35 and your number one guy is J.A. Happ and Robbie Ray and Steven Matz, you mash. Right. No, they you mash. Fucking mash. Yeah. They mash. <laughs> So, yeah, they, they need a dude or two or maybe three. Um, well, that's a look around the league. That's uh, that's maple syrup gate. That's that's what yeah. It? What was it? Somebody write down bullfrog the bullfrog gate bullfrog gate. <laughs> Somebody write down the written rules of baseball. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I, Laz, I honestly don't even know how long we've gone. It's probably been 90 minutes. I feel like that's a sufficient dirty slides. What what should everybody uh what should everybody fucking check you out? Uh, um uh follow Venice at Venice Gaze, um G-A-Z-E on Instagram. New content every Saturday. Uh are we are, are we officially unannounced? Are we officially announcing? Are we un, are we writing down our unwritten date of uh an 11 11 show july 10th let's do it july 10th that's official 7 10 11 11 uh we got a comedy show there you can follow me on all things social media at joe prano except for twitter we're at fix your life we're still working laz knows a guy at twitter we're gonna try to get the dirty slides twitter opened up we're still working on it we're still working on still, it yeah still working our you goal follow me at at Andy Lazarus, Twitter and Instagram. Will and we get back Venice into Twitter Facebook. before Jacob DeGrom's ERA goes over one? Hopefully. 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 Hopefully, Hopefully yeah. For all of us. Yeah. Um, That's giving us some runway there. Yeah. You know? We got time. Uh, Laz, we'll, we'll try to do it again soon. We, yes. Uh, uh, we, it's been too long and it won't be this long again. It's always great hanging out with you. And hopefully that you can, hopefully you can bring. Always good. And some energy to this. I don't know if you'll have the spirit and the energy that I'm going to bring to it. But I will just leave everybody with a nice big fuck Jed Lowry.